Welcome to Ghost Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. And I'm your host, Alyssa of Larusa Mystic. And today we're going to be talking about a highly recommended suite of topics. We are going to be covering cleansing, banishing, and protection. We also want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that is okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do. We just want to share what we've found in our personal paths with others. And for anyone interested in booking sessions or learning more about me or Alyssa, check out our websites in the description below. Before we kick in, we just want to cover what we won't be covering, which is jinxes, hexes, curses, and specific revenge and retribution-fueled methods. So some of what we will be discussing over the various topics um, will have some overlap, and that just goes to show how important these pieces are to understand for magical and spiritual upkeep and hygiene as a magical bitch. Yes. Oh, this is going to be a long episode, so buckle in. (laughs) It will be. Hours, 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 hours. I also want to mention that Alyssa and I, neither of us practice close practice uh, magic, so This is purely based on our understanding from open practices. Just keep that in mind. I just want to mention that because I think that's really important to to Mm -hmm. talk about. All right. So the reason why we have cleansing first is because cleansing kind of washes everything. Like you don't want to set up furniture in a dirty room, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you kind of want to like cleanse the area, cleanse the space, cleanse the person, right? Cleansing doesn't have to really mean that you are clearing out good stuff either. Um, It can be if you want, like just completely starting from a like complete base point, but most people just cleanse to kind of clear out anything that's not theirs in the space or in their energetic field. So I think that's something that's also important to mention is that everybody's going to be doing this from what works for them best. So some of these methods, you're going to be like, oh, I don't like that method at all. And that doesn't mean you have to use it. Um, You should always be using methods that feel the best to you because the better you feel in when you're doing your practice and when you're doing your intentions and things like that, the better it's going to work for you. If you're trying to do something that just does not feel good, then you're not going to have as good of results. Yep. Well said. And I mean, you know, cleansing in in a very simple way is is just simply the act of removing unwanted energies from a person, place, or object. And really, cleansing is a gentle form of removal, whereas banishing would be a bit more of a forceful tactic, and we actually will be getting into that later. But instead of forcefully ejecting any sort of influence or spirit, you would be cleansing the space, removing the bonds that hold the energy in place and allowing the energy to be transmuted into something neutral or even positive. So there's, oh, there's so many kinds of cleansing methods. There's so many. many. (laughs) Like we were getting together before this podcast and we have like pages upon pages of just examples. And we are going to share with you some of the knowledge that we have accumulated over a combined 20 years of experience between the two of us, which just blew my mind because we were putting it together and I was like, oh my God, Ariel, we know so much. <laughs> we I mean, we're still learning. <laughs> like we're still learning, you know, like you're forever yeah. going to be a student. Right. But man, we were just chucking it together and we're like, oh yeah, like look at us go. So yeah. <laughs> <first> <laughs> so Ariel's going to get into some of the types of cleansing. 
Yeah. So there's, there's four like primary types of cleansing like this. None of our lists in any of these categories are going to be comprehensive. It's just kind of what we came up, up, up with, with off the top of our head. Um, so definitely remember that there is more outside of this, but there's kind of like the four main pillars of cleansing, like the things or areas that you can focus on cleansing, which is your personal space, your, your like personal self, your body energetic. So that's like going to be your energy field, your aura, um, your energetic connections, personal would be more so of like personal objects, body physical is going to be, um, more like cleansing your space, like cleansing, like your living room or cleansing your bedroom or, um, cleansing your, your tools in your practice. And then there's going to be home cleansing, which is like cleansing your home space around you, your rooms, your spaces that you're within. So there's a bunch of different places that you can be cleansing, but also ways that you can be cleansing within it. I did a little bit of research to come up with a couple um, accessible herbs that are associated with cleansing, because I know that that can be really helpful. Now, this again is not a comprehensive list. There's a list of probably hundreds upon hundreds of cleansing herbs or herbs that you can use for cleansing rather. But I wanted to focus on the ones that would be most accessible for people who are just getting started or are maybe in a situation like living with their parents or roommates where they can't really have a super open or talked about practice. Um, so you can use ingredients from your kitchen. So I was trying to think of like, what are some normal herbs and ingredients that people can find within their kitchen or even within like bath items or, you know, shampoos or soaps and things like that. Tea bags. So, yeah. Tea bags are really, really great because a lot of teas have multiple ingredients, which can be really helpful. So like drinking teas that have certain ingredients within them. Lemon is associated with cleansing. So is peppermint and pepper and rosemary and sage thyme and oregano. Those are all herbs that are associated with cleansing that most people can find within their kitchens and can be utilized in tandem with other things or together. You know, putting pepper in your food kind of cleanse any kind of energies from your physical or even like energetic fields. Having lemon in your soaps that you use to cleanse your hands, peppermint tea in the morning or at night to kind of cleanse your energy or cleanse your mind. Things like that can be really easily incorporated. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, you don't have to be like necessarily burning these things or something like that. You can utilize it in a way where it's less of an invasive way of doing it and more subtle. Yeah, really helpful because a lot of people who incorporate food magic into their practice as well will incorporate these types of herbs into their food to help with the intention of purifying or for cleansing. So I'm thinking mm -hmm. of like oregano. I love putting oregano on like yeah. mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's or like the, a form of even, kitchen witchery. Mm -hmm. And even like little simmer pots or like mm -hmm. oil warmers, people use as like little mini simmer pots. I do. I use yeah. wax warmers and essential oils as well. And this all applies, by the way, when we're talking about herbs, it also applies to essential oils. Most people know this about me, but I'm obsessed with essential oils and essential oils are just very, very highly concentrated forms of that particular herb or root or bark. You can get the same impact from it and it is very more like it's way more potent, but you can get the same thing from it. So you, but that yeah, is a good candles, candles but, that have those ingredients yeah. too, burning in your space to cleanse the energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so true. It's why it's such an available method of cleansing 
And Mm -hmm. that's a great segue into smoke cleansing, which is cleansing or purification by smoke, using smoke, typically from burning aromatic herbs, incense, usually helps with driving off unwanted energies, entities. And some of the most common ways that incense is used is from sticks, incense sticks and incense cones as well. So those could be backflow cones or just regular cones, or you can even put the herb on top of little charcoal discs as well, which is quite common, or burning the dried bundles of herbs. But the important thing I want to mention here is that we're not talking about smudging. We're talking about cleansing, smoke cleansing, which is different. And smudging is a ceremonial traditional practice that is closed. Yeah. And I should mention too, that when we mentioned sage, we are talking about like every other kind of sage outside of white sage. White sage is not something that I personally use anymore in my practice after finding out that it was closed. We really encourage people not to use it in your practice unless you come from indigenous heritage. So technically when you are cleansing with the smoke, yes, like it's not smudging, it's smoke cleansing. Um, And I, I really encourage you to look at um, indigenous creators for more education around that because as a white person myself like I don't want to try to be like necessarily educating people outside of just basic education around that but I do really encourage people and so does Alyssa to go to indigenous people and ask them about it if they're open Mm -hmm. to um, teaching about it or talking about it because they're going to have a lot more information on why it's closed, why it's important to not use that within your practice. But for the most part, when we talk about sage, it's just talking about every other kind of sage outside of white sage. Exactly. And then we also have grounding. So grounding is, oh my God, (laughs) grounding. If you're starting in your practice, if you're a novice, even if you're an intermediate or an expert, I don't care. Grounding is so important. And it's something that gets thrown around a lot, you know, in the spiritual. Nobody talks about how to do it. (laughs) Legit though. And I remember like when I was first starting to figure out like what were different methods of grounding, I was like, are you like, do you really want me to be barefoot like in the dirt? Because Mm -hmm. bitch, I don't even have grass in my backyard. You know what I'm saying? So there's there, I mean, that is a way of grounding, but a a more accessible way to think of grounding is more of a visualization technique. And I'm going to get into Mm -hmm. that, but in, in short, grounding is the process of connecting with and becoming aware of your physical body and its connection with earth. And very mindful, very, very mindful and mindfulness is synonymous with grounding. And it allows us to siphon excess energy into the earth while allowing us to access the limitless energy of the earth. And, you know, grounding has, I love earth. Earth is (laughs) (laughs) grounding has the effect of settling the mind and the body. Mm. And it allows you as a practitioner to better focus and be considered by many to be a foundational spiritual activity. Like I was just saying, like it really is. And it's one of those things where it's great to start your day if you can uh, with grounding, end your day with grounding, start your spell work with grounding and end your spell work with grounding. And it allows you to recuperate any energies that have been lost throughout the day or from, you know, some type of ritual or some type of spell work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. But it's also, again, you know, just connecting you to you and to earth and love it. And grounding meditations tend to be quite often uh, a visualization technique. And one of the things that is recommended and and one that I personally use is this. So you can visualize yourself, whether it's your feet on the ground or your tailbone, if you're sitting 
has a cord and the cord you can you can visualize this as coming out from the bottom of your feet or the, connected to your spine going into the ground shooting down into the ground towards the center of the earth if you even want to envision yourself as a tree or roots that that is also great and it you visualize this cord shooting into the earth and one of my favorite things to do is not just have the, have the roots stay in the earth but go down right to the center of the mm -hmm. core. So picture going right down to the core of the earth and your roots, your cord wrapping around it for stability and to ground in that way. And that's my favorite visualization technique. Yeah. So grounding uh, for me is, I, I kind of want to touch on this because as someone who tends to be a little bit more starry and, and sometimes, especially in the beginning of my practice, I had so much trouble actually finding the ability to ground through like imagining roots. Now I can in my practice, but when I was first beginning, it, I just couldn't ground that way. It was like impossible. So what I imagined for a long time in order to ground was actually a metal rod going through the top of my head all the way down through my spine and like out my tailbone. And then like just <laughs> shish me to the earth. And that was the only way that I could ground because I didn't actually connect to trees or earth energy. And it was really hard for me to ground if I was using natural materials in my head. So that's something to try if you're having a lot of issues with grounding through the visualization of like roots and stuff. Don't be afraid to kind of like, you know, try visualizing chains that are like chaining you to the earth or something like that. It can seem like a little bit severe, but if you're, if you are imagining it like that with the intention of helping you to stabilize yourself and not restrict yourself, then I don't think it's a problem. But I think it's just important to like mention that because some people like myself, um, we're having a lot of trouble with like earth stuff. And like I said, now I can, but in the beginning, it was very hard to ground that way. But another way of cleansing is kind of writing out what's on your mind. Um, sometimes when we haven't cleansed our energy or when we are kind of gathering all of these energetic um, things on our body, we can have trouble with releasing those things. And one way to do that is to write everything on your mind, just like mindlessly write it, whether that's handwritten or typing it out on a, on a document and then printing it out, but something where you're getting your thoughts out onto a piece of paper or some sort of material and then burning it and watching it burn and visualizing that as that burn, it's being released from you. Because in a lot of ways, cleansing is a release. It's it's some sort of release of energies, whether you're giving it to earth or giving it to the sky or giving it to the fire, whatever it is. It's our way of kind of disconnecting energies as well. Yeah, exactly. And some people would prefer to do this kind of exercise outside because there's there's some uh, groups of people burning, you, you know, let's say, for example, paper of your thoughts in the home doesn't actually cleanse it because the, they will they will see the smoke staying within the confines of the home. So some people will do this exercise outside. And that's also totally an option if you are not able to burn things inside the house. But there's luckily, there's so many other cleansing techniques that are available. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't burn or you can't like do so. Open the window so the smoke has a way to get out. <laughs> yeah. And like a girl, me as a Canadian, like in the middle of 
winter you bet your ass my windows are frozen the fuck shut so Mm -hmm. I won't be able to open up that window so sometimes the way I do it is I I, I'm like picturing what I what I did this past winter season is I would get my little cauldron and I would put like whatever it is I'm burning you know whether it's bay leaf or something else and just shove it out on my front step and leave it I'm like I'm I'm not sitting out there watching this shit I am too damn cold it is minus 25 degrees you best yeah. fuck right off. So like, there's ways you can kind of go around it if you want, but but that kind of leads into another option, which is sound cleansing. And yeah. sound cleansing is one of my all-time favorites. And like us loud bitches, like I'm here for it. Like sound cleansing is, I, I recommend this. Music. Like music is a kind of cleansing too. Totally. It is absolutely a form of cleansing. Absolutely. It is. Honestly, one of the things I recommend to people who are looking to cleanse is, you know, you can use bells and that's what, you know, you, you may have heard of the term witches bells. And so mm-hmm. I have witches bells in my house. I have them hanging from doorknobs and things like that. So. <laughs> yeah. for And those are great to put in the entryway of your home or, or doors that lead outside. So it's essentially a form of sound cleansing when people come in and out of the home. You can also use singing bowls, which I also very much enjoy because they sound beautiful. You can also use tuning forks. You can use drumming and you can use singing, yelling, chanting, clapping, music, like sound cleansing. There's so many options. And yeah. that's why it's it's one of my favorites because the power of so the voice. Accessible. Yeah. So access- accessible. And the power of the voice, like our voice holds so much power. So, you know, when people come to me and they say, Alyssa, I'm having trouble with getting, you know, some icky, stagnant energies out of my space. And I'm like, have you tried screaming? Have you tried yelling and telling everything to get the fuck out of your space or you're going to yeet them into the astral? Like, have you, have you tried doing that? Cause it works. It's such a great accessible. Beats have been one of my favorites. Mm. Like binaural beats can be playing. Um, like sometimes you can have it in the background of music, or sometimes you can just have it playing like while you're meditating. Some people swear by binaural beats. Sometimes they work for me. Sometimes they don't. But it's something to try regardless. And it actually reminds me of when I was younger. And every New Year, me and my family would go out to the the back deck of our home and take our pots and pans and just bang them together. Yes. And be like, yeah yes welcome and like good energy and cleanse the old (laughs) (laughs) i used to go and take a rifle and shoot it off the back deck i mean just be sure that you're go home (laughs) yeah like i I, anyway for those who don't know i used to i i mean i was a hunter and i used to shoot a lot i used to do target shooting and i consider that a a fantastic form of sound cleansing It's another kind of cleansing, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then the other one is using salt. Salt is really commonly associated with cleansing. People talk about it all the time. You even see it in like, you know, the show Supernatural and stuff where you can add salt to your baths and you can put a line of salt outside of your doorways and, or like even putting items on salt for cleansing them as well. Although I do have to mention, and Alyssa will likely agree with me on this, be so careful about putting them direct, like crystals directly on salt. People mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. I hate that method. And the reason why is because salt can cause like crystallization and deterioration of certain crystals. 
So it's it's something I feel like don't, doesn't get talked about enough because if you are not aware of the crystals and how they interact with other minerals such as salt or even water for that fact, and you leave it on for too long, it can corrode or can mm-hmm. um, start to degrade. Even if it's a polished stone, I wouldn't even recommend it in that sense either. However, yeah. I don't want to instill a sense of fear in that you can't put it on a bed of salt for you know a short period of time you can you absolutely can i just would recommend that you take the time to understand the crystals that you're using and how they may interact with salt and even as well with water so that if you choose to use a bed of salt like i do for my pendulums but i've made sure that the materials that my pendulums are made of would not interact in a negative way with salt over a longer period of time so i tend to keep them on myself and this is just me and you can choose to do what works for you but I tend to keep them on salt for three to six hours, six hours max. I will not leave it overnight just because I don't feel that it's necessary to do so. But again, you can, if it's not a crystal that is um, one that would be corroded by salt. So important to understand how, um, how those two interact if you do decide to do it. And it's kind of no different as well with um, forms of metal, <clears throat> because if you like pennies, if you think of pennies, you know how like pennies start to look, like, have that grip. What, what, what the fuck is pennies made out of again? That's copper, right? I think it's, well, it traditionally it was copper, but yeah, it's, it's now most of the time, like some sort of mixture of material mm-hmm. on the inside and then like a really thin co- coating of, of copper. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's a, an example of one that you know I, I probably wouldn't put on a bed of salt for a significant period of time. But anyway, yeah. all that to be said, it lends itself to another nice segue into another form of cleansing, which is water cleansing. So water cleansing, oh, water is a fantastic way to oh, cleanse. I love water. <laughs> I mean, dude, I hope y'all shower and, and wash <laughs> your fucking feet and toes and the inside of your ears and your belly buttons. But if you don't, you should. But if you do, which you should, then you should use that opportunity as a form of water cleansing. I mm-hmm. believe that every time you take a shower, every time you have a bath, whatever the fuck you do, a combination of both, I don't care, whatever works, that you utilize that time as also a way to energetically cleanse yourself using the water. I mean, you're going to be doing it for hygiene purposes anyway. Why not also have spiritual hygiene at the same time? And another great way that you can use water is to use a cleansing spray. So cleansing sprays are fucking dope i love using cleansing sprays i mean you use them for so something i used to i used to offer through my shop but i don't anymore i should because i really enjoyed making them but you can make your own concoction of cleansing sprays with essential oils a little bit of witch hazel and some diluted water and basically you've got yourself a, a cleansing spray and you can use that to help with cleansing you can use it depending on on the intention that you set for it you can even put water safe crystals in your cleansing spray there's so many ways that you can go about it but water as an element is a fantastic cleanser in and of itself you can even cleanse your crystals using water too so there's just lots of different ways that you can incorporate water and one of the things that I mean this is just me because Leviathan is one of my patrons and he is very heavily associated with the element of water as you can imagine being a sea serpent dragon um so he one of the things I like to do with him is after ritual I will drink like shit loads of water I mean I do anyway because of him thanks man but I will drink shitloads of water and I will consider that like I will envision washing away any energies from me that I don't want anymore after a ritual so if I'm Mm -hmm. like really for example if I'm like really um 
honing in on a specific kind of energy that I just don't want to have with me anymore because I'm preparing to go to bed instead of like being aware and hyper uh, active, I will picture drinking water and it moving through my system as a cleanser and a purifier. Fucking yeah. lemon water, bruh. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. Water, yeah. <gasps> no. No. It. Yeah. it is my favorite thing in the whole fucking I world. I used to eat lemons raw as a kid. Oh, bro. And so my dentist was like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> that shit eats the fuck out of your enamel. Like eats the, by the way, for those who don't know, if I had another shot at life, I would have been a dentist. <laughs> I love dentistry. It's never too late to live out your dream, Melissa. No, it's true. It's never too late, but I just, I don't really do too much. But in any case, yeah. like, you know, yeah. lemons, lemon water, even mm-hmm. if it's nice diluted, that's an option. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah so but that's like, even like boiling herbs and stuff in water for a little bit and then putting it in a spray bottle. Done. Mm-hmm. Spray. Mm-hmm. Well, eat honey, tea, actually... honey, water, teas, teas count as water cleansing. Still water is just hot. Mm-hmm. But you can also put like clear crystals, like clear yeah. quartz. Clear quartz, quartz is great. Yeah, and it's good for amplifying. And if you have it in there with sage, then it's going to be constant, constantly cleansing that quartz as well. 100%. Um, yes. Because Quartz, even though it's recommended to a lot of people, I don't actually recommend it to beginners unless you know how to cleanse that shit all the fucking time because they're little sponges. There's also energetic cleansing and energetic cleansing is a really awesome way. A lot of people talk about cord cutting. Please don't cord cut. Please do not do it. Cord remove. You do not want to shave. You want to wax. Okay. Get it from the root. Get it from the root. Make it hurt. It, oh, it just drives me crazy because people are just like, let's cut cords. And I'm like, okay, but what is happening? Like, it's still there. It's still. <sighs> Remove that shit. Remove it. I mean, I know that like people might not even mean that when they say cord cutting, but I prefer to envision removal because it gives you a better result because you're not left with anything left behind you're just removing it completely. So you can even like call on a deity to do it for you, or you can imagine it yourself. Sometimes I imagine myself almost like cacti or like (laughs) something like that, where I'm like plucking cacti little spines out of my body that would be energetic connections with other people. Because Mm. a lot of people don't know every single time you interact with other people, whether it's online or in person, or even thinking about another person, you are connecting an energetic cord to them. Mm -hmm. And it means that you're more connected to their energy, even if they're not aware of it. Now, this isn't a bad thing necessarily. And most of us kind of go through our lives, not even really seeing the like negative effects from that. But I do encourage people, if you remember to, to like do it as often as you can. I try to do it every night, but the reality is like, I have the mind of a goldfish. So I forget to do it all the time. But like, when you do remember, just be like, Hey, you know, I call on Archangel Michael, or I call on on my spirit team, or I call on my Mm -hmm. higher self to remove all energetic cords, because those energy cords will be reinstated with people as you interact with them, or as you think about them. But if you are holding on to that, a lot of energy over time can end up kind of 
collecting in your energetic field and end up causing a lot of problems. So that's one way of energetic cleansing, but also meditating, like just meditating either with cord removal or imagining a light kind of pulling or magnetizing energies that are heavier or not your own away from your body can be helpful. This kind of goes a little bit back into grounding as well, kind of imagining those things kind of getting pulled from your body. Sometimes Mm -hmm like to do this with like um selenite wands and something stuff like mm. that where they will kind of go over Me. that with their body. so that's another way to do it but energetic cleansing is one of the more accessible ones because it's you don't really need a tool to do it sometimes it can be difficult for people who have trouble visualizing mm-hmm. and it's something you can do anywhere anytime Mm-hmm. Like you can do this while you're traveling. If you're, tra- oh God, I, I listen, I love traveling. I love to travel, but I hate being around other people's garbage energies. Mm-hmm. Like I hate, I hate being around nasty ass, gross ass, ugh, icky people. And I will do this form of cleansing while I'm traveling just because yeah. I just want that shit off of me. Like back the fuck up, Janet. I don't need your shit. Like just. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Janet, how dare you? Back the fuck up, bitch. Like, I don't need your nasty ass tar all up on my shit. Like, oh, just gross. So, excellent form of cleansing that you can do anytime, anywhere. And I would, mm-hmm. yeah, just like Ariel said, like, I would recommend incorporating that as part of your, you know, regular, habitual, uh, spiritual, and energetic hygiene. Yeah. And there's also cleaning. Both Alyssa and I both have OCD, like actually diagnosed OCD Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. trust. This is some of the best ways to cleanse. And this is, I think this is my theory is that this is why people get a lot of the spring cleaning bug is because you start feeling that stagnant energy or that like icky energy in your space and you become more aware of it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, time to clean. Like it's oh, yeah. just like with, with seeing dust on your items. You're like, Oh, I need to cleanse that <laughs> as you're cleansing, like put, put protective or like cleansing symbols on your, on your cleaning products. Mm-hmm. Like I usually put like protective symbols on my, my cleaning product bottles, or like you can put a little bit of essential oil that is a cleansing mm-hmm thing into the spray or get some that have that in it. Like I know that lavender is also associated with cleansing. You can get like a lavender cleaning spray, a lemon cleaning spray. Um, Mm -hmm. Those can be helpful too, like incorporating those, those herbs and ingredients as well. This is something I've been using for years and it's like, you can use this if you want, but I have a mop. So I have like a proper mop with like a little bucket. I fill it up with sun water and I put a little bit of um <clears throat> I don't measure it I used to but I don't just I just don't give a fuck anymore but I put a little <laughs> bit of Florida water in I put a little bit of lavender lemon and I can't remember the third one it changes depending on my mood oh uh peppermint and I put a, a few drops of that in and then as I'm mixing it together, I envision like the energy being a nice, like it's a cleansing water. It's a concoction that I've put together and everything has a purpose. And then that I use as a floor wash. So it's like, I'm doubling as cleaning my space because gross, but also cleaning my space energetically. I mean, I have dogs, you know, they track shit in from the backyard all the time. Yeah, yeah. So 
that like cleaning the, the very like all these mundane tasks that we yeah. don't even think second of like we can make that magical like why not i mean you might as well two birds one stone you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so floor washes yeah sweeping sweeping is a personal favorite i love to in the summer because you know i'm not gonna be doing this in the winter but <laughs> one of my favorite things to do in the summer is to sweep my front porch before i go to bed it is just something I love to do. It gets all the dirt and all the leaves off of my front porch and it makes me feel better. I don't know. It just always has worked for me or sweeping the inside of your home also. And then also for dusting, you can put, like Ariel was saying, you can put symbols on your duster or you can put a couple drops of essential oil on your duster. Like there's literally like sky's the limit in terms of imagination witches are some of the most creative people on the fucking yeah. planet i'm telling but you also say like rhymes and stuff while you're cleaning like when you're mm -hmm. cleaning your mirror your mirror reflects whatever you put in front of it back to you mm -hmm. so like that's you mirroring your energy your intentions when you look at that mirror so if you are cleaning your mirror clean it of any previous intentions, but also put new intentions in there. Do you mm -hmm. want it to reflect abundance back to you? Do you want it to reflect luck? Do you want it to reflect self-love? Do you want it to reflect prosperity and success? Like really put those intentions into your mirrors because that's reflecting into your space and reflecting back to you. And that's what you're seeing. So if your mirror is reflecting success, that will be reflected back onto you. And I think that's really beautiful, but also with your windows, like when you're look, when you're cleaning your windows, calling in energies from the, the outside, like whenever sunlight comes into my space, it will make it a happy place. Like you can do stuff like that, where it's a very simple rhyme, a little kind of thing that you say when you're cleansing it so that it's welcoming that energy in. It actually reminds me of something that I do that I should recommend if people can. So I do have dogs, but I have trained them not to touch my selenite sticks. So I have put selenite sticks on the windowsill all over, the, like every windowsill in the house. And I put them at every um, doorway entrance. And you, so you can put them on the top lip of each doorway or on the windowsill. And that is an excellent way of cleansing the energy that comes into your home from outside or even vice versa when going out. Because I always think too, I'm like, mother nature's so beautiful. I don't want to be just sending her garbage all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, but that's, that's another suggestion as well that you, you can even incorporate that into, um, you know, like your regular home cleansing uh, rituals. Yeah. And now that we've gone through cleansing, let's say that you have some nasty energies in your space and you haven't been able to cleanse it out. How do you banish? How do you get rid of shit? Mm -hmm. How do you exercise stuff out of your space? So let's mm -hmm, go mm -hmm. over banishing. Let's, let's talk about banishing. Oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite things to do, to be honest with you. Um, to banish something means to send it away, drive it away from a location. So remember how we, I talked about cleansing, how it's a little bit more of a gentler process. Banishing is it's a firmer hand. So mm -hmm. banishment implies that whoever is banished can never return or is no longer welcome. But And that's in a mundane sense, but in a magical banishment, it's a little bit different. Similar in concept, but a little bit different in that it's designed to send th something or someone away and also to prevent return from an energetic point of view. 
So there's all kinds of different types of banishing. And I'm just going to talk about a few of them. The Sphere of Hecos, which is designed by Jason Miller, which is an author that I do recommend, author of Protection and Reversal Magic. That's the name of the book. And it's great for Hecatean devotees or people who like to work with Agati. There's also tag locking. Oh, I love tag locking so much. Tag lock is oftentimes a matted bunch of wool or hair. So from a metaphysical point of view, it could be a personal item that creates a link to the target. So the use of a tag lock in a spell can vary. So it could be used alone. It could be placed inside a witch's bottle, which is a, a type of protective physical item that is created by witches that is usually buried in their space or hidden in their space as a protective physical item. Or it could be added to a poppet or other representational item of your choice. So an example of a tag lock would be the freezer spell. And that's something that Ariel and I have talked about before. Yeah. Um, I did it for my that. anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, be gone. But like that, this is a really helpful thing because like if this is going to be helpful if you have a specific person. Yes. Or something like that that you're wanting to keep out of your space. Like let's say that there's just like someone in your life where you're just like, I never want my neighbors to come over again. Fucking hate. My neighbors um, are assholes. Yeah. So like you can like even if you don't have a physical item of them, which would be ideal, like, a, you know, a piece of hair or a nail clipping or something like that, where it's like a piece of their, their anatomy, even an item from their property could work like a piece of grass from their side of the fence or um, some sort of like rock from their side of the fence or something like that. It's not as good, but it's something that's tied yeah. to their energy and that's kind of preventing them from coming over the fence line. So that's something as well, but you can also use their names. Um, it's mm -hmm. not going to be as tied, but it will be a tie, which is really yeah. just all you need. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And oftentimes when we think of banishing, I don't know. I don't know why people always assume that it always means it's, it's something negative, but it can be. It, it is a form of baneful magic, but it's it baneful also doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like baneful, I think, in my opinion is more so of like, instead of saying like, please leave, you're like pushing someone away while you're mm -hmm. saying that, you know, mm -hmm. it's the action behind your intentions. And it's, it's like more of a physical, like, let's distance ourselves kind of thing. There's definitely um, more oomph and yes. pizzazz in this, yes. in this form. <laughs> There's Absolutely. a little bit more involved. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the freezer spell is, is one that I, I really, I like as well. It's very easy. It's accessible. It's so easy. Man, you can do it with, you can do it with a, a literal with credit cards. <laughs> Dude, yes. Oh my God. Yes. And actually that's what a lot of people recommend. If you have, you have issues with impulse buying, you could also mm -hmm. make that into a magical thing. It wouldn't be just keeping it away from your immediate vicinity to, so that you don't use it, but also it may stop you from making bad uh, financial decisions. And instead you'd be, you'd be reversing it where you'd be like, okay, bring in more abundance instead of like impulse buying and having that abundance leave. So it's, right, it, right. yeah, there's a lot you can do. But I also wanted to mention this is that binding spells, um, because we're talking about um, banishing here, but there's, so this, there, I'm going to talk about binding spells. Binding spell is a spell that symbolically ties the target up, restricting their actions, keeping them 
or it, depending on what you're talking about, could be an entity or, or a poltergeist or something like that tied to a different individual object, place, or situation. Um, so the a binding, so one of my favorite ways of using binding is if there's a person who is you know, particularly an, an issue for me, like be it a bad neighbor or something like that, I will bind them to their house so that they can come so- <laughs> It works. It works. It fucking works. And just oh a word of awareness, God. though, for binding spells is that there are ethical implications with binding spells. Yeah. So it's really important to make sure that it's something that you really want to move forward with. And you've vetted this with your own spirits to make sure that that's something that you really want to do. And you're prepared for any, um, you know, need to reverse the spell if it if it backfires on you. But I have I have used binding quite a bit in my practice. And it's I will use, I won't, that won't be my first course of action. Like I will try to do other less intense forms of like, could you like get the fuck out of my life, please. Um, But if I need to, I will do a binding spell. Um, But it, it, this one does fall into, in a lot of ways into the sort of baneful category, but it doesn't always have to come from a place of vengeance or retribution. Right, right. It could come Sometimes from it's a- just like, I need to like keep you from hurting yourself, yes. but also me. <laughs> correct. Correct. I have seen people do binding spells for their loved ones to bind themselves to themselves so they don't cause further harm to their family members, but it's mm-hmm. not from a place of um, hate or disgust or venge. It's vengefulness is from a place of love. It's like, I love you so yeah. much. I just don't want you to hurt yourself or others anymore. So that could be a way to go about it, but it doesn't, it's um not everything has to come from a place of <laughs> from a vengeful place yeah not everything <laughs> has to be from anger yeah <laughs> like exactly. it, it can be from just knowing that that's the best option for that mm-hmm. situation and and moving forward with that mm-hmm. but there's there's also like spell work that can be done um which i mean obviously we've kind of already been talking about but like there's spell work that can be done for banishing as well like you can use candles and create spell work that works for the intention of banishing something from your space. And that's kind of going again, like just kind of expanding on like binding and stuff like that. Candles and black salt and oils and things like that, that are specifically for banishing to utilize that. Again, you can kind of have that as Uh, like we mentioned, a more firm way of cleansing. So like you can include herbs and ingredients for cleansing into your banishing rituals and spell work uh, when you're cleaning your house or when you're cleaning your floors or when you're sweeping your front doorstep, you know, things like that. But I I did want to mention a couple herbs that are really accessible that are found pretty easily that are associated with banishing or exorcism, which is basil, clove, garlic, mint, onions, pepper, rosemary, and sage. And there's obviously, this is not a comprehensive list. I just wanted to pick out a couple that I knew would be pretty accessible for people and easy to find, but there's so many other herbs that you can be using. And so it's important to remember that this is not a comprehensive list. Incorporating those in, in your cleansing or your banishing can be really helpful to kind of give a little bit more oomph to your, your banishing rituals and um, things like that. So with that said, let's move on to protection. Like how, so now that you've cleansed your space, now that you've pushed all of the energies out that you don't want anymore, how can you protect yourself from kind of preventing those things from coming back in? Um, so it's kind of like creating this, this barrier 
that you have created of this, the safe place, now how can you protect it from further intrusion? And one thing that Alyssa and I say all the time is onion, don't bubble. We want <laughs> layers to protection. Yes. We want it to be like an onion. You want it to be to where if someone tries to come at you or send you bad vibes or send you bad energy or bad mm -hmm. intention, that they're having to go through so many layers that they might as well be coming at you from space and going through atmosphere. Like mm -hmm. you just want to have so many layers because either it's going to tire them out before they can actually get to the root or it's going to make it to where by the time they get in, their energy is going to be so depleted that it's not going to be able to have as much damage. So definitely imagine an onion, envision an onion over your life. Yes, an onion is my favorite. It's, it's, it's our favorite way of describing protection in layers. Yeah. It just makes sense, you know, like mm -hmm. it's the Shrek way. Protection is my number one. Literally, aside from cleansing, protection, I get asked about protection the most. I'm sure, Ariel, you are exactly the same. Yes. People are yes. so hyper fixated on protection, which isn't a yeah. bad thing. But, yeah, as not bad. Talking, but you got to go through everything first. You got to go you know? through, yeah, you got to like relax a little bit. You don't want to trap the dirt in. Right, exactly. exactly. We're not going to be landlord specials here. Okay. We're going to actually <laughs> clean before we paint. Okay. <laughs> you need to clean up that motherfucking house before you put it, put a deadlock on it. Okay. Yeah. Like just relax. So, you know, listen, many of what we're, what we discuss in terms of protection falls into warding, which is a type of magic, basically the act of creating an energetic barrier around you, your home or an object, or even an animal. And they can be temporary, they can be permanent, although typically they're cast with long-term long -term efficacy in mind. So they can, you know, this is where banishing comes into mind too. So you, could, you could banish, you could turn away. And warding is an excellent skill to have because it can keep you and others safe. And with practice, you can do it anytime and with almost basically whatever you have on hand. So protection and warding are sort of a synonymous in that way. Like they're used very commonly as interchangeable terms. And there's all kinds of different types of protection. But I also want to get into just something really quickly. I'm going to, I want to read something before we start talking about what we've, what we've got here from protection. This is a book that I often recommend to people who are just starting on their spiritual journey, people who are just starting to, you know, be interested in manifestation, magic, meditation, and, you know, life as a witch. And this is Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. And I'm going to read from you a little passage on page 77, which talks about protection. Not every entity that is going to be attracted to you is going to be benevolent, peaceful, or loving, nor are they all going to be malicious. Be ever mindful that just as people range from dangerous to safe or beneficial to wanting to take advantage of you, spirits are the same in their diversity of personality and demeanor. This is one of the reasons why protection shouldn't be neglected. It's also entirely possible to unintentionally curse yourself, jinx yourself, hex yourself through your own paranoia of others causing these onto you. As we will be talking about, you know, throughout some of the things that Ariel and I are going to cover, these are ways that you can you know, be preventative on this. But I think that that's such an important point mm -hmm. because people can be so obsessed yes. with, and I've seen this, I've seen this firsthand. You get so obsessed with protection, feeling like you're constantly under fire that you may not even be but you're manifesting that to be the case do you know what right. i'm trying to it say almost becomes like an egregore <laughs> literally it's like you actually it's like perhaps you could be somebody who's um almost a little bit like you hyper fixate on 
the fact that you need protection, even though you may not, and then you are creating it so that you do need protection. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying well, to say? Yeah. And we've talked about this in our deity work episode is that not all bad things that happen to you are purely out of bad intention. Correct. Like right. things can happen in your life that you might perceive as someone attacking you, or you might perceive as someone sending bad energy or things like that. But in reality, it might be a result of a manifestation you did months ago with good mm-hmm. intention, right? Yep. Or it could be like, for example, let's say that you're trying to manifest your perfect soulmate, right? And then a month later, you have a bunch of your friends leave out of your life. And you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, someone is attacking me. But what if the people in your life at that time weren't actually going to be able to support you in a healthy relationship? They were going to actually tear it down. So Mm -hmm. it's actually a good thing that that is perceived as bad and can be perceived as someone attacking you in your life. Um, Another thing is like getting sick. Sometimes people are like, oh my God, I got sick. I've been getting sick so often. And I think it's someone attacking me. And it might be because spirit is telling you to slow down and you're not listening and they're forcing Mm -hmm. you to slow down where it's not really someone doing something negative towards you, but rather a negative result of action of not taking spirit's advice of actually slowing down and resting. That's so so aimed at me. (laughs) I I feel called the fuck out. Me too. I'm Uh, just sitting here with a face palm. But like, it is important to remember that before assuming people are attacking you, look at where there might be benefit within a bad situation Mm -hmm. and see whether or not it's actually helping you in the long run to achieve what you need to achieve. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're not able to see it in the moment and that's okay, but it is important to remember that not everything bad that happens to us is from bad intention. And also getting into protection is like, I have the mind of a goldfish. I've said this many times, but I also think it's so helpful to have like an online document that's private or some sort of notebook that you have that is private to where you're able to write down everything that you have set up for protection so that you remember. So like, for example, if you start getting signs from a certain ward that you have, which we'll go into, um, then you know that they're being hit and you can see what they protect over to know where people are targeting you. So for example, if you have a ward that you set up to give you signs of like a cardinal bird or something when they're getting attacked then you can know, oh, well, they look over my business. So I know someone's attacking my business. And it can give us a lot more insight rather than just being like, oh, I'm getting attacked. You can know specifically where it's coming from and what it's being directed towards. And writing that down can be so, so helpful. Yeah. And because then you're not forgetting. Because I I know I would forget. And I just think 100%. that's same bit really helpful to remember. <laughs> I have too much shit going on. I have to remember Pokemon stats. Well, God that damn. and well, that and like having layers upon layers of protection. Yeah, you there's a lot. Remember, you know, you want to remember which items in your home are set up as wards. You want to mm-hmm. remember certain intentions or certain things that you've put into your space. It's just really important to remember that. But yeah, so okay. So we so you know what now? list right. just a heads up 
It is, but we're, we're again, I mean, this isn't comprehensive. We're not covering everything that exists in the yeah. world. We're just covering some of we the were, ones. we would be here for literally ever. Like, just yeah, ever. exactly. And, you know, now that we know how to cleanse our energy, it's a perfect time to know how to shield yourself mm-hmm. um, so that you can find confidence and security. And basically the, the, the foundational practice of shielding and all the different ways to be able to alter that shield to be appropriate for what you're doing is really what we're trying to show you is that there's many different ways that you can do it. And hopefully we will cover something that you may not have thought of, or it will give you inspiration to consider exploring a different form of protection. Yeah. So you might hear some of these and be like, Oh, I don't like that at all. That sucks. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> but yep. then you might have other ones where you're like, Oh, I'm feeling really drawn to that. And again, mm-hmm. going back to what we said at the beginning, if you are feeling really drawn to something or really excited about something, it's going to work better for you than if you're not. So mm-hmm. really pay attention to how your body is responding to this, the suggestions we're going through. Because if there's something where you're like, oh, I'm excited about that, utilize that because that might be really helpful compared to something else that you're just like, eh, about. So that's something to keep in mind. So that's why we try to have such a big long list of options that are kind of coming at you from left field and right field because we want to give you so many options that you can kind of pick and choose what to use if you don't have any other ideas outside of what we mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for the personal protections, um, some of the things that get really overlooked by people are dream protections, astral Mm -hmm. protections, and cosmic protections. And I know that a lot of people are going to be listening to this and be like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? But if you think that you should only be protecting your physical body and you got another thing coming, boo. Oh, there are going to be some people who are going to come at you from astral spaces and cosmic spaces and dream spaces. So protecting yourself in a way where you can be protected in those places as well is really, really important. Even if you just have a couple things of protection there and not just a comprehensive list, something is going to be really helpful. So the way that um, I sometimes recommend for people to set up dream and astral and cosmic protections, because they're all kind of in the same realm, essentially, you're going to be mostly setting up the astral and cosmic protections from a more meditative space. That tends to be the easiest way to do that. With dream protection, you can do it from an astral or like a more meditative space, but some people do it physically too. So for dream protection, you can have protective symbols under your bed or around your bed. You can have protection crystals like obsidian or black tourmaline, things like that to kind of protect you and shield you from energies that would try and attack you while you're sleeping. Sometimes people will make a sigil that will protect them while they're sleeping and they will put that under their bed. Things like that can be used to protect you during your dream states. But you can also have a little piece of paper where you write down like I'm calling on my dream wards to protect me while I sleep. And then you can have that under your pillow or between your mattress and your bed spring. But if you want to have more physical protection, you can put symbols on your body while you sleep, either with oils or pens. Sometimes you can do the same with your partner. Mm-hmm. And you can also get protective tattoos. That can be a really great physical protection that can aid you in dream protection as well. But then in addition to that, kind of going into the more meditative or like astral spaces to protect those is during meditation or during a space where you are able to connect to your higher self or your more energetic self or your astral self, you can imagine 
putting those symbols and those sigils and things like that on your astral body and in your energetic field. So filling your aura with protective symbols, sigils, whatever. You can also like, you know, imagine this, this light kind of um, surrounding your astral body and things like that. Really putting that intention into protecting yourself on an astral and cosmic level, as well as a dream level can be really important and is often overlooked. So I wanted to mention that because it is often overlooked and I feel like it's a lot more important than people kind of go into. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Sometimes if I feel like my dreams are not coming from a place of of my subconscious and it starts to feel like perhaps this is something else at play and you can also do divination to find this stuff out too yeah um then I'll be like okay we need to up our dream protection a little bit maybe I need to call on my astral wards to be like hey 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 hook hook me up with some extra (laughs) bear hugs okay because this just just ain't right (laughs) so I just I love those topics there's also energetic protection of your physical body and your auric protection and so this comes down to um some visualization techniques on you know you can envision an energetic shield around yourself and around your home and around your loved ones your pets your cars anywhere that extends to somewhere that is a space that is yours or it is someone that you care about so Again, this comes into layers. So for example, Mm -hmm. you can have a bubble around yourself, a bubble around your loved one, a bubble around both of you, Mm -hmm. right? So two bubbles in that bubble and then a bubble inside where it's your whole ass house and then your pets have their own. And so there's just no limit to how you can visualize those protection. And it doesn't always have to be white or blue light. It could be black. It could be whatever you want. But typically it's taking, it's being mindful of where do you spend a lot of your time? And a lot of people tend to forget about their car. And that's why I always recommend having protection for your car as well, because you spend a lot of time, assuming you spend a lot of time in your car, which I used to, not as much now, but I used to spend hours upon hours a week in my car. And Mm -hmm. so it was like a second home. So why would you not protect that the way you would your home? And then another option is protection baths. So like we talked about cleansing baths, you can be drawing baths that have the intention of protection. So you could be doing a meditative protection session in your bathtub where you could be going to the astral and you'd be, you would have that protection for your, your physical self. And then also for your astral self, like, again, you can be as involved or as simple with this as you want. You can also call on the elements for protection powers you know you have spirit you have water fire earth and air and so those the elements i feel like elemental like i don't know about you but at the beginning of my practice i was really hyper focused on using the elements and i find that i've really diverted away from using all of the elements and instead focus on like the main two or three that i find work best for me and that's okay too you don't have to use all of them it's whichever ones that you are really connected to. So for me, earth is my number one. That's my homeboy. Like, hello, baby. Like me and you, mm, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful union. So I use earth for everything. Like literally I connect with earth on all the things. And also water and spirit are the two others that I like. And Ario being a starry person doesn't really vibe with earth as much as I do, for example. And that's okay. Yeah, I really like to use water and I find that water and fire as well as spirit tends to be my go-to in addition to like cosmic energy. I really, really Mm -hmm. love calling in like starry energy to assist me with stuff. Planetary, planetary. Yeah, I I love someone who studies astrology, like don't even get me started. I'm going to go for hours. (laughs) I I love 
love using <laughs> planetary energy, cosmic energy, starry energy. It's That's like, shit, uh, man. I, know, I, it's like, I get so excited about it. <laughs> I also want to bring up sacred geometry for protection mm-hmm. powers. And I find that this doesn't get talked about as often as some of the it. others. Yeah. And sacred geometry is one that I really like using because I like to use crystal grids. So crystal mm-hmm. grids, um, you place crystals in a specific sort of manner um, and in a certain sort of pattern. And it can be at the center. You choose whatever intention you want for that entire grid to manifest for you. So there's all kinds of different ways you can use crystal grids, but I'm more focused on sacred geometry as a whole, which doesn't have to be just with crystal grids. It could be with a variety of things. You could use them as sigils. So sacred geometry is often referred to as the architecture of the universe. And it's found literally throughout the natural world. It's all around us. There's so much to cover that I'm just going to keep it really brief, but People have spent entire lifetimes just studying a single aspect of sacred geometry. Like if you think about the sequence, like it's (laughs) everywhere. Like if you think of the Kabbalistic tree of life, like Mm -hmm. that's just one example, but there's so many others. Some of my personal favorite is Metatron's cube, uh, seed of life, tree of life, the Merkaba, the tetrahedron, flower of life, and the vector equilibrium. Those are just a few. There's way, way more. But in these, you can draw these on, like you, like I said, you could use these as sigils. You could invoke them using, like, if you want to, you could use it with your finger even, like you could draw them into your space. And Metatron's cube is one I find a lot of people like to use for protection, actually. Again, because I'm so connected with Earth, I tend to gravitate a little bit more towards um, the, the tree of life. But sacred geometry is something to consider. And then we've got physical protections. And I am so such a slut for physical (laughs) i am a physical protection whore i love amulets protection charms talismans like i i just like that's my jam dude like i've got this shit can we go through the difference between amulets charms and talismans because a lot of people don't know the difference and i think it's really important to mention there's the physical protections like amulets, protection charms, and talismans. And the difference is that charms, almost anything can be used as a lucky charm, right? And it's simply used to attract good luck. Whereas amulets are worn for protection. And they're believed to have the power to ward off negative energy, um, negative spirits, or even illnesses. Whereas talismans are used to attract something specific to the owner. And it has to be consecrated and charged with magical intention and power by the person who's wearing it and preparing it in order to fulfill them with the specific power and energy of their intended use. Okay. So a talisman would only really have power if you were like, it has the power that you put into it. Yes. Whereas like charms are just like generally known to have certain powers. Well, you could make a charm, make anything into a lucky charm. You could have a lucky pen. You could have a, a lucky, <laughs> you know, like a lucky ring or whatever. But the tal- here's the thing with talismans like, if I have a talisman that works for me and you put it on, it's not going to work for you because I made it for yeah. me and yeah. it's, it's intended to give me what I'm looking to get from it. So I charge it and I basically consecrate and charge it with the, with the powers that I'm looking for it to have. Whereas amulets can be used. I see amulets as something that I could give to somebody. I could make it and I could give it to somebody and would still have the same use. So like the evil right. eye is an amulet right, right, that right. works for anybody. So I could have the evil eye amulet. Like I, I, I sell those in my shop. Like I, I have charged them and everything, but they work in, in and of themselves as a symbol, as an amulet. Right. So Whereas you, like if you, you gave someone a locket that you've programmed to protect you, that, then that would be gonna, more of a talisman. 
right it's not gonna do shit for them because it's not it's not meant for them right so but then a charm is literally what you can make anything a charm so hopefully that gives a better sort of idea of the difference between amulets yeah 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 it can be confusing it can be and that's that's why i kind of wanted to go over the difference because it's it's really hard to tell the difference when people just kind of like throw the terms out there but they don't really explain them (laughs) um so yeah 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 so so and you know amulets by the way often traditionally are pieces of jewelry and talismans are often pieces of jewelry too so that's why it's probably confusing gotcha but we also have other protection symbols we have you know the the pentagram that's a common one we've Mm -hmm. got the eye of horus we've got the onk we've got thor's hammer we've got triple knot triple spiral the triskelion triple moon and even the christian cross is still a protection symbol and is often used by people who practice folk magic folk magic practitioners Mm -hmm. and then of course we also have runes yeah i wanted to go over the elges rune really quick because i know that this is something that has kind of been mentioned and as someone who's still studying norse paganism. I wasn't even aware of this until I started studying it. And it's the Alges rune. And Alges represents protection. It represents like our, our shields. It can represent like our spirit team, our, our guardians, things like that. But it's often used, unfortunately, by Neo-Volkish Norse pagans. And Neo-Volkish, it's not a group that you want to associate with. Now I found this out, but after I got the Alge's rune tattooed on my body, it's, it's just something that you want to be mindful about using. It's not to say you shouldn't use it, but just be aware that if you're using it, that that's something that you should be aware of. Look at the context around it. Are they showing other anti-Semitic or other things that would indicate that they're maybe not part of a great group. So that's just something to to mention because I think that's really important. Runes are such a beautiful tool to use. And I, I do encourage people to utilize runes because they're really amazing within divination and within magic. But I do think it's important to still remember that there are anti-Semitic associations with certain ones and to be aware of them so that when we are using them and when we're talking about them with other people, then we can be aware of those um, mm-hmm. And not be, you know, blindsided or, or unaware. So just something to look into and something to research and and read about and understand um, before kind of openly just kind of putting it everywhere. So and for listener to algies and and elas or or the 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 symbol, if you're looking to kind of envision what it looks like, is it's like a Y but the center line goes in the middle. So it's like, yeah, it kind of looks like a little tree. It looks like a little tree. Yeah. It's like like a a Y with three prongs rather than two. And, and you can look it up. It's, it's spelled A L G I Z. So if you want to look it up online, you can look it up there, but there's a couple different anti-Semitic symbols within Norse paganism, unfortunately, that were not commonly traditionally assumed with that, but I just want to mention that. And since we're not really getting into Norse mythology or Norse paganism, um, I won't go into that, but that's just something that I wanted to mention because of the association that it has with protection. It's important. 
So then we also have home protection, protecting your home space. Yes. Yeah. So um, one of the things that Ariel has mentioned a few times is naming your home and or your space to protect it. I'm so smart. mm -hmm. I've named my home. And uh, one day I just went into my living room and I was like, apartment. And they were like, yeah. I was like, this is your name now. And they were like, okay. And then I just wrote on a little (laughs) note. I wrote on four notes, their name and what they're going to protect against. And then I put it in the four corners of my home. That's awesome. With a sigil. And because essentially to have the most effect on a space or a person, you have to know their name. So if you name your space, it's actually, it's not making it impossible for someone to send negative energy your way, but it's making it harder. And that's Mm -hmm. the purpose. Yeah. So naming your space can be really helpful, even if it's just you naming your room. Like if you still live with your parents or something, naming your room or naming your uh, room in your roommate's house or something, that can also be helpful. It still applies because that is your home space. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to name your space. My car has a name too. I love naming my car. <laughs> I have never not had a named car. It's when seriously people same. tell me that they don't have names for their cars, I'm just like, but- in I disbelief. I just like you I don't know. Yeah. It's like you know. I'm like at you... some point you have had to think, oh, this this car is just a kiki. It's very oh, this, obvious. This car is just giving off some serious Chad vibes. Like you yeah. fucking Chad. Like... Yeah. Like it's so obvious. You need to name your cars. I named like everything. My my piano <laughs> is named. My my appliances and my kitchen is named. Mm-hmm. Like. In my opinion, it helps you take care of them better because they have more meaning to you. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So. And so that's a, that's that's a great way to you know start off with home protection. Just give them a name yeah. and using. Okay, so uh, go figure. I'm gonna start talking about crystals, <laughs> but you can oh, use crystals for that. home protection. Oh, I know. <laughs> go figure. The crystal bit. Just talking about crystal shit. Wow. So using crystals for home protection, oh, it's my favorite thing to do. I always recommend this to people where you can put um, protective crystals in all the corners of your home. Um, you can create a crystal sphere protection method. But crystal, when I say crystal sphere, I want, let me clarify. If you don't have access to crystals, rocks are perfect. Rocks are just a conglomerate of different crystals. Like a rock mm-hmm. isn't any less powerful than a crystal. And in some spheres, some people think rocks are even more powerful because they're so mixed. And I do not have an opinion one way or the other, because I think it really depends on what you're trying to do with them. Um, so I, I don't make the generalization of one being better than the other. I think it's dependent on the purpose of it. But the crystal sphere protection method, you can use that literally as you put crystals within your home and then create like a literal energetic sphere using those crystals. Or you can even do it on the outside of your home around the perimeter of your house where you can just get rocks, specific rocks. Like it doesn't, you don't have to use crystals. You can just get rocks and put them around the border of your, of your property and do the same thing. Um, and some of the ones that I would recommend as far as crystals are concerned would be obsidian. And we did talk about obsidian before, but that's often, you know, a go-to protection stone. There's also smoky quartz and black tourmaline, and those are transmutation stones, which are great. So they take ne- negative energy and they pop out positive energy or neutral mm-hmm. energy. 
Yeah. We also have smoking quartz is not talked about enough. I am obsessed. Zone. I never shut the fuck up about smoking quartz. It's so good. I have it everywhere. <laughs> I love smoking cards so much. Um, <laughs> then you have turquoise, malachite, and these are just a few I'm naming off because there's so many more. Mm-hmm. Fire agate, calcite, garnet. And I know that Ariel's not a fan of clear quartz for beginners. I'm I'm indifferent. I think that if you are beginner, clear quartz is a good one to use because it's an amplifier. But I also do echo that it's important to make sure that you're on top of cleansing that bitch because they can take in a lot and sometimes they can hold on to it. So if let's say if you have a, a clear quartz next to a smoky quartz and you said to this clear quartz, all right, you are to bolster the energy of the smoky quartz. And they do it just the once it's like they're holding on to everything until you clear it again. So it's just sitting there stagnant until you've cleared it. So sometimes it can be recommend people have them in spots like on a windowsill or something where it's like constantly getting cleansed by like the sun and the moon Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. things like that, where you're not really having to think about it too much. (gasps) That reminds me, there was this brilliant person who commented on one of my TikToks, I was talking about protective stones and they were like, hey, oh my God, smartest thing in the world. And I want to share it. I can't remember who they are. Otherwise I'd shout them out. But someone asked me, could you have a Himalayan salt lamp and that be a cleanser? And I was like, fuck yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. If you have a salt lamp in your space, you've got yourself a gorgeous, beautiful, stunning cleansing bee. And that is amazing. Like that oh so smart and it's such a simple way I thought that's what people got them for dude no I got it because it was fucking pretty I didn't even like I didn't even think I was like yeah Himalayan salt like duh it's a cleanser but like it's typically considered to yes like charge up your space and cleanse your space but somebody asked me specifically for the crystals in your space though not just the space but the crystals in your space too I was like yeah Course. Yeah. No, course. I think I thought about it for crystals, but I've I've used it for like protection of my space a lot. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. There's no way. <laughs> I was like, seriously, right? And I was like, it's so obvious that like I totally anyway, I totally spaced. Yeah. But yeah, it was no, so smart. Yeah. No, that is so smart. And I also really love that you mentioned fire agate because fire agate is one of the primary stones that I recommend to people who um have children in school because mm-hmm. it's a great uh like bounce back stone like anything that's sent to your kids will be bounced back to those bullies and mm-hmm. yeah i love those stone suggestions they're amazing yeah it's and, just a few of them i mean there's so many more than that but i i say calcite and that's kind of like a, a broad term because there's all kinds of different kinds of calcite mm-hmm. but calcite in general i think is is a great option and it's a very accessible option calcites are some of the most accessible easily found minerals on the planet yeah. other than quartz well I would say probably on par with quartz, but I don't know for sure on that one, but calcite and quartz are easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not too expensive either. No, no. And then we also have herbs. Of course, we're going to go through, (laughs) which obviously, again, this is not a comprehensive list. I I have a little list, well, a long list of a lot of really accessible ingredients that you can utilize for protection. So a couple that are protection herbs are aloe. Aloe can be found in so many lotions like aloe vera. You can have an aloe vera plant in your space. You can drink aloe juice, which I'm not really a fan of, but like you can, you can use aloe lotions, things like that to protect you throughout the day. Ash is also considered protective. There's basil, there's bay leaves, there's beans, which actually 
mentioning this, Alyssa and I were talking about this earlier, which I want her to talk about yes. if she was the one that mentioned it, but beans. 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 Oh beans. <laughs> so beans reminded me of black-eyed peas. So they're also called, um, I think they're also called cow cow peas or something like that, but black eyed peas. So the reason why I'm mentioning this is because on TikTok, it's always TikTok. It's TikTok, always TikTok. <laughs> it's always TikTok. TikTok had a, a video that went really, really viral. And it was somebody who was suggesting that you fill a jar up with black eyed peas and oil and use that as a as a uh, protective method but mm -hmm. i don't believe i believe that comes from a closed practice so the the reason why i'm, I'm bringing it up is because if you see a method if or if you hear of a method and, and you're not sure where it comes from and just do your due diligence in finding out to make sure that is accessible to you in that you would not be appropriating from a yeah closed practice or a practice that that is not available to you and that video dude it blew up it went so big but it's it's I mean I get it because sometimes it's hard to figure out this this information because I do find that especially before TikTok I think it's getting easier to find this information now that we do have TikTok but before TikTok, it was really difficult to find any kind of information on any kind of like voodoo or hoodoo practices or close practices from like indigenous people and things like that. And it's becoming easier to find out which practices are and aren't closed. Whereas before, unless you know the right book to get or something like that, sometimes it was really hard to find that information. If you find out something in your practice is, is closed and you're actually like not appropriately using it you just have to stop just yep. find another method to use like i've said many times i used to use white sage it's not something that i'm proud of but at the time i just absolutely was not aware that it was something that was closed and what matters is that when you do find out and you are educated that it is closed that you stop and that's really yep. all that matters so if you happen to have a jar of oil and beans by your door it's okay, but you can just set up different protections and instead of using that one. But beans, beans nice. are considered protective. Blackberries and blueberries are also considered protective. So like, you know, you, you can use uh, blackberry or blueberry jam on toast in the morning as a protective thing. Um, cinnamon is really well known to be protective and also great for bringing in success and love and things like that. Cloves, which oh, cloves are... Oh smells so good clove. yeah cloves are protective as well as clover so like a lot of people have clover growing in their yards you can ask the clovers to protect your property if they grow on your property coconut is protective so you can use like coconut based uh, like coconut milk products or things like that in your coffee or in your food as a protective thing cotton is protective so like if you have a cotton shirt mm. as protection um nice. eucalyptus garlic grains uh grains Grass is also protective. You can ask the grass to protect your property. Lavender, lettuce, mint, mustard, olive. So like olive oils, you can just put a little bit of olive oil on your hands if you need to cleanse your energy really quick. Part of my Hellenic polytheist practice. Yeah, yeah. Onions, pepper, um, raspberries, rice, rose, rosemary, sage, tomato, wintergreen, you know, chew on some wintergreen gum <laughs> and witch hazel, which a lot of people use witch hazel, including myself as a toner. So you can use it to cleanse energies after your face, but 
but protective from energy coming in, but also, you know, Alyssa mentioned it earlier, putting in a spray. So that's also protective. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Yes. So those are, of course, a few of them. There's so many more. So many there's more. So many more. Well, there's actually more herbs for protection than there is for like cleansing or banishing. Like there's, <laughs> there's so, so many. <laughs> Well, and actually, too, we will be putting um, various different book recommendations as well in the description for Mm -hmm. people if you would like to learn about more herbs from some books that we suggest. So that will be in the description. But there is also for protection is spellcrafting, which we have literally been talking about this whole time. Kind of coexisting in our conversation. It's hard to parse all of these things out as separate topics when they are interconnected, you know? Yeah. But from, from a spellcrafting point of view, you can conduct spells that yourself, and the thing with spells is I always recommend that people create their own, and this is the, this is the beauty of, of witchcraft, is yeah. that it, it, you... But it's so important. Is, I know, and like, it's, it's great. Like, you can pick up grimoires, you can pick up books of spells and stuff, but I, I always recommend, it, you know, when, when you feel that you're ready... Um, to start taking off with your practice and, and starting to create your own spells is to have have fun with it. Always have fun with it. Yeah. But also make it your, make own. It your own. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was a moment that I'm so glad we caught. I'm wow. just that that makes me so happy. We make are definitely besties. I know, man. We're always on the same goddamn wavelength. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Make it your own guys like it's so much fun so you know like with all the things that we're talking about for protection if you start to make your own spell look up different um, ingredients and if you see one where you're like i fucking love that herb Mm -hmm. and like you're like me that i love bay leaves it's like i'm i use bay leaves all the time so you know have fun with it and you can make you can make your own protection spells i know protection jars are popular that would be considered a physical protection item you know i have those around my house too they're great or you can also just buy protective spells from other practitioners if you want there's people who do protection spells there's people who do banishing spells and things like that doesn't always have to come from you if you if you feel like it's outside of your comfort zone but spell crafting i think is important to mention just in general even though we do touch on it yeah yeah absolutely and okay this is a really exciting topic that i'm very very excited <laughs> it's my favorite wards yes. which is spelled w-a-r-d ward yeah because a lot of people are like what 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 are you saying what it's is a ward, ward. Yes. Ward. ward. So a ward is like a guardian of your space. So like think of gargoyles are seen as mm. wards. So you gargoyles. can see like gar- gargoyles at the, the corners or uh, above like churches and stuff. They're essentially a kind of guardian. It doesn't have to actually be a creature or a spirit necessarily, but it's the energy of an item or or um, some sort of thing that you're calling on to protect your space. I, I, I have so many. Samezies. I love them. I love them. And I actually didn't even know how to utilize wards until recently in my practice. And I can tell you that it makes a huge difference. Yeah. An absolute huge difference. Because before it was me doing all the work, whereas wards kind of take over for you. Like they they're kind of like your little, they're the, your little helpers. They they yeah, do the they work. For you. They're just like, okay, what do I do? What is they're my your job? little and army? Yeah, 
yeah. And then you're like, okay, here, do this. And they're like, okay, bye. And they'll do it for you. It's adorable. Like, I love it. I love it so much. There's, I mean, you know, wardings, uh, wards as far as, you know, guardians can take many forms. They could be spirits. They could be your ancestors. They could be a physical item like we were talking about. You know, you could even have, you could program a crystal to be a ward. You could, okay, this is my favorite one to recommend because I feel like people forget that their plants can help, but your plants can yes. be a ward, mm-hmm. people. Have your beautiful plant yeah. babies. Yeah, normal plants. Like cactus um, are great easier to tell whether or not you're getting hit too by a plant because you can see when it's like withering or something or struggling dude dude, i'm gonna tell you a story yeah i had i had a i had a plant baby that i had as my ward and i'm gonna tell you the process of elimination is how i figured out that it was actually getting hit and it wasn't something else was because i had this beautiful plant and it was Dude, it was so good. It's beautiful. It was so bountiful and gorgeous. And I loved her so much. And she was, I mean, RIP, she's gone now. But um, I had her as a ward and she was starting to brown so badly. And I was like, okay, fuck. Like maybe I'm giving her too much sunlight exposure. Maybe I'm overwatering her. So I checked in with her energy and she's like, I'm not doing good. And I was like, okay, God, I have to help you. So I tried, you know, moving locations, changing up the watering and, and, you know, making sure that I was covering all those sort of mundane bases first. I also sprayed her with neem oil, which is N-E-E-M, which is very, very um, uh, helpful to spray on plants, make sure that they're not being, you know, to help with warding off uh, uh, infestations, like little bugs and stuff that can cause, uh, you know, your plants to die or browning of plants. Anyway, nothing. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I figured out, okay, you know, this ward is taking hits. So I then found out um, who it was coming from and uh, where it was coming from. It turns out this person actually didn't realize that they were sending me so much garbage. They're actually a good friend of mine. Oh, no. But but they, um, you know, they weren't meaning to. It was they were new on their path and you know, they didn't know what they were doing, which is fine. It, it, my poor ward it's, I mean, she's, she's gone now, but it's a great example of how it's helpful to have a word that you can see sometimes where you're just like going about your day. You know, like I was playing with my dogs and I looked up and I was like, Oh my God, you look horrible. And so <laughs> it, God, you look awful. So it, you know, it's, it's our plants, our, our home, our home plant babies can be wards for us if you want them to. And oftentimes they're happy to do so. Yeah. And I do think it's a great time to mention too, that like a lot of people will see flies and gnats as a sign that, that you're having like nasty energy in your space. If you have plants, Mm -hmm. gnats are essentially inevitable. Like they will I don't know if I would and so I just to say that, yeah. yeah, I don't really like to use that as an indicator simply because it's so common, yeah. um, that I feel like it can kind of cause more anxiety than is needed mm-hmm. or is, or is, uh, necessary. Um, yeah. because yeah. I think that if you have, this is why it's really nice to have specific signs that you have your wards send you. when they're being hit. Um, So like, uh, yes, with plants, like try to see about helping them out, but don't take it as an immediate thing of like, oh my God, I'm getting hit. It can be, but I think there should be other signs that are happening too. And this is why I also like to have multiple wards for the same thing. So for example, like 
for a business, you can have like plants and then you can have like a crystal in your space and then you can have like a jar, right? So mm -hmm. maybe checking in with the jar a lot and maybe the jar is starting to mold and then maybe the plant is starting to go and then the crystal is like turning a weird color. Like that can be an indication that someone is definitely sending it to your business, but also an indication that all three, why would they all three have issues all at the same time? Yeah. But you can also have the more like living words, like the the creatures and stuff like that send you signs. Like, you know, if you're getting hit, send me a red cardinal, like send me red cardinals if you're getting hit so that you can start seeing those signs and knowing that they're getting hit without having to like necessarily always check in with meditation, which is a good thing to do regardless, but sometimes we forget. But another thing that this leads me to is please do not make your siblings, your parents, anybody in your life that is a physical person or your animals wards for you. Oh God, no, 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 I no, no. Do not no. do it. Um, I Don't, have had- Who the people, fuck does that? I have had people ask me about it to see if that would be okay. Um, and I can understand why, but please do not do Don't this do because it. it's a physical living thing. And if they're getting hit for bad energy that you're getting affected by, then they're going to be, get really sick. They're going to be in detriment. So please do not have it be like a physical living thing, have it other than like, you know, plants or something, but just don't use like pets or, or uh, mm. animals in your space, you know, like even forest animals in your, in your yard or something like that. Just have it be things that if they were to go to detriment to the point where like they wouldn't be functional anymore. Dude, it picture it like, you're standing in front of someone who has a sword and they're going to swing at yeah. you. Why would you want yeah. to shove your dog in front of it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about this logically, like have your wards be something that if they, if it were to break or, or mold or sour or die or something like in a plant sense, like it's not like, it's not your, your mother, you know what I'm, I just, yeah. I'm sorry, but that just makes no sense to me. It like, think about it literally as if somebody was going to take a swing at you with a sword. You're not going to grab your little sister. I hope not. And put you in between, like, be mindful of what you're setting up as your wards. I mean, why not ask for the items that you would already be using, like crystals or, or herbs or something like that? Like, why not ask them? I mean, oh, geez, be mindful about, you know, who you're, who you're enrolling into it. And I always ask permission too. like, I'm like, Hey, yeah, do you want yeah. to be a ward? Like, I don't just make right, right. a ward. I'm like, would you like to be a ward? And most of the time it's a yes. I mean, that's why I suggested cactus and cactus are great plants and they're always willing to be protective. And if you grow herbs in your own home, that's great. I mean, you could use rosemary, you could use garlic and aloe is another great one and mandrake lemongrass, sunflower. I have There's, a question about that, no. actually. Yeah. If you are using a plant that you are mm -hmm. harvesting from as mm -hmm. a ward and it's soaking up. Yeah, I that's because that's, I was that's wondering, a good differentiation to make. Don't yeah. use the herb. So, right. so there's a few different things. So if you have, let's say you're growing rosemary for the intention of being a ward, don't harvest that for your own spells yeah. because it might be yeah. soaking up hits. But or in you can addition, use it for painful shit. <laughs> like, you know what? That's that's do it as like a mirror thing or like a brilliant. kickback song. Great. Totally, dude. Great. Yeah. Like, so again, it just comes down to using your noodle. Like, if if you're gonna be having your cactus taking you know hits and swings and stuff, like, do you really want to be 
using that for like a, you know, like a, a physical protection spell for yeah. yourself. Probably not. So yeah. in any case, it's a good differentiation to make. Yeah. So use it more like a sponge you can throw back at people with y- mm-hmm. yucky stuff on it. So let's go into deities for wards oh. because they're great. So this is this is something that is really amazing, especially if you are a, a pra- like a practitioner with deities. So like a deity worker, not everybody is going to feel comfortable with that. And, and this is okay. You can still have a deity as your ward if you don't do deity work, but I would make sure that you have some sort of clear line of of communication between a deity that you were asking to be your ward because otherwise how are you going to know if anything's happening like you with any ward you have you want to have some way that they can be communicating with you um Mm -hmm. because if you set it up and you're just like okay bye and then you just like they're going to be like hey something's happening and you're just like like so have a clear line of communication whether that is with your deities or your plants or whatever it is you're setting up as as a ward this is why i say setting up like a physical thing that they can be sending into your space can be really helpful and to let you know as a way of communicating with you that something is going on and you can do that with deities too you know if you're setting up like angel protection or deities like, you know, gods and goddesses, you can utilize them and say, hey, can you send me, you know, this symbol or can you send me this number if you're getting hit so that I know that I need to chat with you through divination or meditation or whatever so that you can be aware because otherwise you're not going to know unless you're always checking in with them like they're you're a deity you're working with or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, gods and goddesses can encompass a whole bunch of different things. It's not just one specific pantheon. It could be any pantheon that, that you know, is open to you. It's not closed. But any pantheon that you have a, a, that either that you work with or that you have an interest in, it can even include angels. I mean, our buddy Archangel Michael, dude, he's called mm-hmm. in for protection all the damn time. All I'm pretty sure that's why that that butthead didn't show up in my space till eight months later. I called him in. I was like, Michael, can you come by and visit? I have, I have questions for you. I need you for protection. And it was eight months later and he showed up in my living room and he's like, okay, I'm here. And I'm like, whoa. Like, hey, you called and you're like, yeah, eight months. <laughs> he's like, I'm busy. I'm like, okay, that's true. <laughs> you're very popular. It's like but, asking for a, a phone call from the the queen yeah literally i was like i was like ringing up the queen and i'm like hey pop by man like let's have some tea let's chat (laughs) honestly out of every entity that i've ever called in for anything at all archangel michael is the only one that has not shown up like pretty much right away and showed up months down the line and was like okay you called Yeah. Well, another thing that is is another thing that is important to mention, which we have mentioned a lot of times in our conversation now, is utilize something that you feel called to utilize. If you're not vibing with angels, don't use angels. Just because they're commonly associated with protection doesn't mean that you're going to actually really connect to them. If you connect more with the Celtic pantheon or the Greek pantheon or infernals, like utilize that energy to be wards for your space. Don't utilize something that you're not going to feel attached to energetically because that is going to be important for how well and effective it is for you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, be sure to ask them that they're okay with being your ward. Like, 
you know, don't I just be like, hey, Lucifer, you're my ward now. No, you yeah, gotta good talk luck. to them. <laughs> good luck with that. Okay. But I mean, you Lord. know, it's no secret. I'm a Hellenic polytheist. I vibe with the Greek pantheon. That's that's my that's my area. So I'll give you some examples of some popular protection deities from the Greek pantheon. If you feel like calling some of them in or one of them in to help you out, if you do connect in. Um, so we have Ares, we have Ekati, Zeus, Ira, Athena, Apollon, and Artemis. So those are some of the most common ones that people call in to help with protection. Yeah. And then in addition to that, you can call on your spirit team. Spirit team. Spirit team. Yeah, so activate. this is going to be your animal and or creature guides. This is going to be your guardian angels. This is going to be your infernal guardians, your humanoid guides. Some people consider ancestors to be part of our spirit team. I'm kind of indifferent to that. In in my opinion, they're less so part of your spirit team for this lifetime and more so just connected to you energetically from past lifetimes. But this is a common question that I'm going to address here because a lot of people are going to have this question. Yes, you do have a spirit team. I don't care who the fuck you, you are. Mm-hmm. You have a spirit team whether yep. you're aware of them or not. And if Everybody. you don't believe that, then you're a liar. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hill I'm going to die on. This, I, it, I will die here. I will die here. <laughs> like, I mean, this, it bothers me so much because you do have a spirit team. Everybody you just does. Maybe, you maybe don't know them. It's It's like saying... It's like saying if you are an orphan that you don't have a family. Oh, you do rude. have a lineage. You do. Right? You do have a lineage somewhere. You just might not be aware of them, but they are still there, there and connected with you. And regardless of whether you are aware of them or, you know, have their names or information about them, you still have a spirit team. And I think it's important to remember that. And by saying that you don't, you are literally saying that you are not worthy of one, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay. Like, <laughs> please value yourself more than that. That is and value your guides more than that. You're Hello. You're you're you are making me sad when you say that. So if you don't imagine how sad, your guides feel. Yeah. They're just like I don't have what? any. And it's like they're right behind you and they're like tear down the cheek. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're helping you every single day, but you might not be aware of them. So yeah, please, please don't think that you don't have a spirit team. Everybody has a spirit team. And everybody has at least one of their like one animal or creature guide, one guardian angel, one infernal guardian, one humanoid guide, like you have all of them. So please be aware of that. But going back to protection, you can call on them for protection and call on them for helping you cleanse. You can call on them for helping you banish. You can call on them for helping you protect. They can be considered a ward in some way. They can absolutely be called on for protection. I, I really love for people to call on their spirit teams. If you're not working with deities or you're not familiar with other entities you can call on, calling on your spirit team when there's a weird vibe in your space. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you help clear this out? Or if there's a spirit in your space you don't want in there, asking them to clear it out. Like they are by default what a lot of people would call on deities for. You can still call on your spirit team for that as well. So please don't, you know, let that just sit by the wayside. It is a tool that you can use and utilize it. Hell yeah. I'm with you on that. Spirit team. Spirit team activate. (laughs) And then there's also that you can call on spirit of 
the animal as well. So maybe not part of your spirit team, but you can call yeah. in an animal spirit. You can call in a herb yes. spirit. So one of my favorite, I, I do have an animal guide that's a porcupine and I do oh. call on him to help me with protection because porcupine mm-hmm. protection, you can call in the spirit of porcupine. You can call on bear, owl, skunk, spider, wolf, turtle. Make sure that the animal spirit that you are calling upon is is willing to come forward and to help you out. Most of the time, in my experience, they are. I do work pretty closely with animal spirits and herb spirits. And herb spirits, personally, my two favorite are the bay leaf and mugwort. But you can have, you can call upon a spirit of, uh, if you, if you, if there's an herb that you just vibe with, like so much, if you just vibe with, let's say you're like lavender, you love lavender. Why not call in the spirit of lavender? Call Mm -hmm. in lavender and be like, hey, lavender, are you okay with helping be a ward for me and like let's say you have like a little satchel of lavender or something like that and you could have that set aside as the spirit of lavender being called in to help you with protection it could whatever you want it to look like but you can also call them in as spirits to help with protection and cleansing as well Mm -hmm. I think this is a really good place to also mention any kind of deities or wards for you they will defend you on your behalf, but they will not attack on your command. Mm -hmm. I think that is very important to mention. They are not your pawns. They are your helpers. They are your guardians. And I I think it's important to remember that, especially with deities and and things like that, they have their, they have their own mind. They are not something that you have created yourself. And they help you out of the kindness of their non-physical hearts. Like they, they help you because they choose to, not because you force them to. And honestly, if you're forcing them to, like, please don't talk to me. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But also another thing that I want to mention, since we mentioned mugwort is if you are using mugwort, smoking it, drinking it, please see what kind of interactions it can have with medications. It can have fatal, fatal as in like dying interactions with some medications. So please be careful about using mugwort. I know it's a really common herb, but a lot of people don't talk about that and it should be talked about as well. In addition to that, being aware that it can affect hormonal birth control. So if you're using it and you're not trying to get pregnant, be careful. Well, this is why anytime, like when I'm talking about herbs, it's, and God, like, I wish people did a little bit more cross-referencing with this. If you're talking about herbs, don't just pick up herbs on like books on metaphysical books on what the herbs help with and what they correspond with. But also that's why people who study herbal, like literally study this shit. If you take the time to look into the herbs that you are ingesting, like you should be doing that anyway. Like, especially if you're ingesting something or smoking Mm -hmm. something like, Mm -hmm. hello, you are literally putting this into your body check to make sure that it isn't it doesn't even have to be just mugwort's an important one to mention because it's popular, but also any herb at all. Like yeah. do the due diligence for your own personal safety and the safety yeah. of the people in your home. Like for well, example, a lot of people don't know that bay leaf smoke can come sometimes be a hallucinogenic. Um, <laughs> so like, yes, it can. Um, <laughs> like it doesn't mean that it's yes, not it something you should use, but 
awareness is important and so so important to regardless of what you're doing whether it's magical or not and i think it's just often overlooked and i I think it should be mentioned and another thing that i want to mention for protection is your phones yeah because we use our phones every day and i think there are such simple ways to incorporate protection on your phones one of my favorite techniques is to take a little note like a a little sticky note or a little piece of paper um, because we all have phone cases right and if you don't okay like you live on the edge cool (laughs) for you but like (laughs) most everybody has phone cases and so I like to like write on a piece of paper intentions like you know this this uh phone is protected from outside influence or things like that. I like to put protective sigils on it, protective symbols, and then place it in my phone case. You can make it look pretty. You can just put it in there if it's just going to be covered up, like regardless, but have some sort of protection on your um, technology too. You can have your Mm -hmm. uh, home screen on your computers, have protective symbols, make sure that you're protecting yourself on technology as well. You can put protective sigils over your profile pictures online You can put spells into your protective, uh, into your profile pictures online. And don't be afraid to utilize it on your social media, on your technology. It's, it's not something that is immune to being affected. And no, not at all. Especially now today with how many people are on TikTok and Instagram and things like that, you can use your spell work and your um, protection extended into the virtual spaces as well. Yep, absolutely. And this is really important. And actually, you know what? My my husband and I have one of those um, phone cleaning boxes things. They're like um, they're like, like the blue, almost like the UV light yeah. kind of thing. Oh, dude, you better bet you bet your ways. I put my phone in that and I cleanse that shit at the same time. Like it's like it's cleaning the literal germs off of it. But I'm also like at the same time while it's doing its actual cleaning, I'm having it do an energetic cleanse as well because our phones are literally portal gateways into other people yeah, like people talk about mirrors being gateways dude uh, phones you know, you're about your phone. like, uh, my on. deities won't even let me i have been screamed at for just accidentally putting my phone on my altar they hate it uh, they hate it they refuse they're like, like get the shit off no, no. yeah no as, they don't as like soon it. As, every time i always almost putting it on there See. but as soon as it gets like a couple inches away they're like no 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 <laughs> shit out of here and it's like I get it I get it you know like that's it it is such a huge part of our life so you I mean just like how you can do forms of divination with your phone by the way which isn't even the topic of today but you can um you can do shuffle fancy with your Spotify playlist we'll go over divination in another episode it's it's gonna have to be one it's gonna well of course divination methods but that's it So that was like basically a intro into cleansing, banishing and protection. And again, what we've covered is not all that exists. There's more out there, but we have so much. I mean, literally your entire, your entire, like 
we've been doing this for so long and I still learn things and, and yeah. Ariel still learns things and we will continue to learn things. And we hope that that is something that is exciting for you is to continue to learn and grow and to, you know, we'll, we'll, people, as people share more also between and amongst one another, we may pick up some really cool tips and things like that as, as we continue to go. But these are huge topics. They're, they're important to understand and to know and to use um, as part of your spiritual practice and, and energetic hygiene is what I like to call it, spiritual and energetic hygiene. I like to think of it as just as important as brushing your teeth and washing your face mm-hmm. and brushing your hair, which I know there are days where I don't feel like doing any of those. But, but you know, in the same breath, it's while it's important to be on top of it as best you can, it, it is okay if you forget. <laughs> like, we're all human, you know, we live our human lives and human shit gets in the way and that's totally fine. But now that you have this awareness, hopefully as, as we've gone through some of these things that it can inspire you to be very creative in the ways that you can implement cleansing and banishing if needed and protection into your regular practice. Yeah, absolutely. And we will definitely include um, a list of like books and stuff in the description to make it easy for you to find some suggestions of Some of the information that we mentioned today, um, obviously no book is going to be a comprehensive, holy grail thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always something that you're not going to find all the information you need in one book, but it can give you a couple ideas of maybe books that other people have recommended that you can feel drawn to um, checking out. And so we'll include those as well. But also in our Discord, we have um, a a channel for books and recommendations like that. So that's something you can check out as well. But yeah, with that said, I think that's, I think that's it. I think we covered all that we were intending to cover in this episode. But obviously, if you have any suggestions for other topics you would like to see us go over, please feel free to reach out to us either through support at arielwillow.com or you can reach out to us on the Ghost Tea Podcast channel on our Discord. Our Discord is also listed in the description as well if you would like to check that out. It's free. It's just an online community where we all get together and we chat and people answer questions and stuff. So a little bit of a support system for you to have online. But hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully this yeah. gave you some ideas. And it's, it's always... Yeah a pleasure to talk to you guys and we really appreciate your support we're loving that you're loving the podcast (laughs) we are and we just hope to continue this for for quite a long time exactly yeah so as always just stay curious and stay safe and keep learning and don't be afraid to fuck around and find out (laughs) fuck around and find out yeah fuck around and find out y'all Thanks, guys. You just gotta drop the ball to figure out that you don't have balance, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. That is like our personal mantra now. I think so. Have have yourselves a lovely evening, morning, wherever you are. Stay curious. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.